Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of the EFG Daily Commute. My name is Stephen Dutzman and I am your host as always and I am also the founder of EngagedFamilyGaming.com. That's a website on the internet where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to help everyone get their family game on. Um, I'm all over the place. I am actually driving home Sunday morning uh, from PAX East. It is 8 a.m. I have been driving for about an hour, um, and I'm trying to make it home uh, because I want to watch that Magic the Gathering panel um, that is at PAX East. Um, primarily, I'm going home today because I have to take. I, I want to go see uh, my son's play. He's in. Uh, he's he's an Oompa Loompa. I can't miss that. So the. So yeah, PAX East just happened. I was there for three days. I saw a lot of great stuff. And so I wanted to talk about some of it. Um, first, um, I want to talk about the, the uh, board games that I played. Um, I got my ch a chance to get my hands on Bloom, which is coming to Kickstarter on Monday. And it is a, I mean, more or less, Bloom is, uh, we talked about it last year after uh, CT Fig. Bloom, spelled B-L-U-M-E, is a tile-laying game where you are essentially planting a garden. Um, and so there's some speed elements to it because uh, you're working simultaneously with some of your opponents. Um, it is easily one of the prettiest games I have ever played because you are assembling uh, flowers, um, you need to make matching sets of flowers, and you score based on that. It's absolutely stunning. Um, we're going to talk more about that as we go. Um, but the... So that's Bloom. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's from Yanaguana Games. It's the same people that did Record. Um, and yeah, I love tiling games. Um, and this is definitely a good one. Um... So that was the first one I played. Um, the second game I played, and I spent some time playing Hero Realms from uh, White Wizard Games. They're the people that did Star Realms. So they're doing, uh, they are, um, they have Hero Realms, which for all intents and purposes is Star Realms, but it is in a sword and sorcery setting. That's it. Um, the game is played in a very similar way. Um, but they have, you know, a bunch of different ways to add on to the game or, you know, play it differently. So Star Realms and Hero Realms itself, both in their basic configuration, are a two-player heads-up card combat game. That's what they do, right? Um, deck building mechanics, but for the most part, they're heads-up combat games. Um... The Star Realms adds some expansions um, that are that are actually just little packs of cards. Um, and Star Realms does this where you get different colonies or different. Just you get 15 cards and you shuffle that into the deck, and it just makes the deck a little bit bigger um, and adds some extra elements to it. Right, some extra combos, a different couple different ships, that kind of thing. Really, just kind of adjusts the flavor. Hero Realms does that too, but their packs are uh, different heroes. So a ranger, a thief, a wizard, a cleric, a fighter, um, and they do their own thing. Um, and for the most part, what they do is they just replace the starter deck 
for those given heroes. Um, I love the art. You know, it's a super cool concept. It's great because if you like Star Realms already, Hero Realms is the same game. Basically, like you use the, same, the cards the same way, so you'll be able to just kind of hop right in. Um, they also have adventures, which are, you know, they are versions of the game where you start as one of the heroes, you actually level up, there are skill trees, there are neat abilities that your characters will have. And, uh, and, and, and they develop over time. It's got like a choose-your-own-adventure aspect. Um, I'm a big fan. Um, I think it's really neat. I can't wait to uh, give it a shot and play with the boys. Um, I think I think Jenna would actually like it like it a lot too. Um, they sent us home. Uh, they sent me home from packs with all with a bunch of it. So we will be unboxing that at some point and uh, going over some of uh, you know the contents of the games. Um, so another game that I got my hands on is I finally got a chance. Finally, I've been doing this for a long time. I finally got a chance to play Forbidden Sky. Um, that game is hard, <laughs> um, but it definitely is a forbidden game. So if you play Forbidden Island or Forbidden Desert, Forbidden Sky will feel absolutely natural. Um, basically, in this case, you are laying out the um, tiles to create this airborne platform. Um, and you are, so you're drawing tiles, placing them down, and kind of building the map as you go. Uh, which is a little different because in the previous games the map was kind of already there you were exploring it here you are actually creating it um and the idea is you need to you there's a spaceship you need to find the platform where the spaceship is and you need to build um power um you need to wire this electrical circuit to get the spaceship or the uh the rocket ship to blast off and it's cool, like, if you do it right, the ship actually lights up and makes, like, a blast-off sound. Um, but it's hard, uh, because while you are doing all of that, there is a storm uh, that will either blow you around, and if you fall off of a platform, you, you take damage, because you have a rope that's kind of holding you onto the platform. And you also have health. And so, you know, if you're... Um, you know, there's lightning striking because you're in a storm, and if you get struck by lightning too much, you die. Um, so it's really hard. We played two players, myself and uh, Nora, the uh, the PR person for them, and yeah, it was killer. It was absolutely killer. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it. It's great. Um, they're going to be sending us a copy of Forbidden Sky. We, we will go ahead and unbox that, absolutely, and show everybody what all the are because they're really cool looking um but we will be having a review published on that one pretty soon so yeah lots of options here um i'm very happy with it uh you know the, with the games that i played um but the one that really caught me and i am it is really good is um quacks of quedlinburg which is a uh, a north star games joint it's actually it actually won the uh, kenderspiel de jar award in germany um, and it is really, really, really fun. Um, it is essentially everyone is a, it's a push your luck game, uh, where you are building a bag of components. These components are things like pumpkins and 
grasshoppers and other things, and you are making potions. Um, and the so you you have a, a board in front of you, and on a it, you're at a nine day market, and every day, quote unquote, you and everyone kind of goes through and will you know kind of take a piece and put it down into this really cool spiraling cauldron that is kind of getting mixed up and the more pieces you place um the, the more pieces that you place the more resources you are able to gather um and there are certain resources that if you have too much of them your potion explodes so that limits what you can get um it's really it's really cool um they'll be sending us one of those as well um, it's, if you look up quacks of Quedlinburg on Instagram, you'll see the board look, the player board looks super busy. You just got to remember that it is a spiral and you are adding components onto that board. Um, you know, little pieces that come out of the bag that are the same size as the little uh, shapes that make up that spiral. Um, it makes a lot more sense once you actually see the game start get play, getting played. And it is very simple. Everyone kind of plays at the same time. So you, you take nine turns, but for the most part, everybody is very, you know, you're kind of just doing your own thing, um, which is also kind of neat. So yeah, that's Quacks of Quedlinburg. I really liked it, um, what I played of it. I also saw their Kickstarter Oceans, which is um, live on Kickstarter right now. At this point, it's basically a pre-order. Um, here's the cool part about Oceans. Evolution, everything was like possible, right? Like it was very balanced. It was, um, you know, kind of quote unquote tournament ready and everything was balanced and everything was kind of real world stuff, right? Oceans includes the deep, which is an option. You don't need to play with it, but it is a hundred cards with a hundred additional, um, it's 100 cards with 100 additional abilities and mutations and adaptations. And they're, you know, theoretical science. Some of them are, you know, things that, that we know, but maybe taken to another degree. But then there's like a Kraken. <laughs> so that's kind of neat. Um, I'm, I, I am a fan of that. It's on Kickstarter right now. Um, so those are the board games that we play. Um, there were a lot, and so the the next thing I want to talk about is the video games because I definitely got my hands on a bunch of really good video games. Uh, first, I'm going to talk about the biggest one. Um, for me, my favorite game of the show is a game called Panzer Paladin. It's by the same people that made Flint Hook before, um, but Panzer Paladin. I'm just going to give you the elevator pitch, and if the, if you know what this means then the elevator pitch is enough to get you all in. Uh, but then I'll explain the game afterwards. So Panzer Paladin is Blaster Master if instead of a tank, you had a Gundam. That's it. Okay, so that's the elevator pitch for the nerds. Here's what really happens. You play a little guy, you're exploring this map, you have a giant mech suit that happens to look like a knight because it's a paladin. Um, so you climb into this mech suit and you actually start in the mech suit. Occasionally there are situations where you can jump out of it to go explore, but you fight inside this mech suit. 
Now, on combat is weapon-based, very similar to Legend of Zelda 2, where you have high attacks, low attacks, um, enemies will block high and low, you kind of have to deal with that. There are lots of enemies, um, and the, um, so you have that. The other piece is weapons degrade over time, which means weapons are a resource. You do have a punch that you can rely on if you run out of weapons. But you can also sacrifice weapons to cast spells. Like at one point I had a claymore, a giant big two-handed sword thing, and I um, sacrificed it to cast like a lightning spell that blew up everything on the screen. Um, you can also sacrifice weapons to create checkpoints. So if you want to save, you have to get rid of one of your weapons, which is an interesting choice. Um, it's done in like a high-end 8-bit, early 16-bit art style. Um, I, I, I kind of felt like it had a Castlevania vibe. Um, but yeah, it, without question, my most anticipated game post-PAX East 2019. Gosh, am I excited about it. Um, the next game that I want to talk about is uh, Cyber Shadow. Go figure. Another 8-bit, you know, 8-slash-16-bit platformer. Um, this is being published by Yacht Club, and don't worry, I'll talk about sh more Shovel Knight stuff in a second, because we all know that's what Yacht Club is known for. Uh, but they're publishing this ninja game. Um, it's ninjas, but everything's robots. This is in a far-flung future where everybody is robots and cyborgs, and you are a ninja trying to save your clan. Um, man, does it feel good. Um, so, I think it's impossible to talk about Cyber Shadow without mentioning The Messenger which is another ninja combat game. Um, but I think that they differentiate themselves enough that they can both live in the same market. The Messenger was all about movement and platforming, etc. Whereas to me, I really feel like Cyber Shadow is more about the combat. That's it. That's the difference. Um, with that said, it is still a NES slash SNES Ninja game that is coming out on modern consoles, but it certainly looks fun, um, and I enjoyed it. I went hands-on with it. I finished the level. Um, it's fun. I enjoyed it. <coughs> Excuse me. I am recovering my voice from a um, from the uh, networking event I went to last night that was at a very very loud bar. So the so that's Panzer Paladin. We did Cyber Shadow. Um, I also got to play the King of Cards expansion for um, for Shovel Knight. Um, I really like how all the different knights. The big difference for them is how they move. Um, the way the king moves is the king jumps in the air and does like a shoulder dash. And if they come into contact with anything with that with that shoulder dash, they actually pop up into the air and start pirouetting. Which, first off, the animation is really cool because King Knight has this really big cape, so it just spins really nicely. And then they land, you know, kind of with their feet pointed on point like a ballerina dance, like like a ballerina. Um, and then they they can spring back and forth up off of them, kind of like. Uh, Shovel Knight can do a pogo off the shovel. Um, it looks just like 
Shovel Knight. I mean, it's the, it's the same art style. Um, but man, is it, it's really freaking good. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't feel like it's any more or less accessible than the other games. I mean, they're all pretty tough. Um, but I, I certainly understood his movement more than I understood the movement from the other characters. I personally really struggled with Plague Knight um, and Spectre Knight. Um, they were just a little hard for me to grok, um, but I think that the um, the, the, the the movement for King Knight is, is a little bit easier. Uh, but I think all four of these games are great, and it's an amazing package. I mean, it, it's making the treasure trove hard to argue with. $25 getting you four really, really good platformers, from what I can tell. So if you own a Switch, you haven't bought the treasure trove yet, grab it up. This is going to be a good game. Um, so other games that I played. What else did I play? I played a game called Beyond Blue. This game completely caught me off guard. I didn't see it. I don't know how. Some of these booths, the way they are, um, and if you look at the Facebook page, you'll see like I did kind of a, a walkthrough of a bunch of stuff. Like, it's really hard to see some of these games um, just because of the way they're all oriented. Uh, I guess the problem at all trade shows, uh, just because of the way booths are, it's the way they're set up. But so we. Um, it's a it's an underwater study. It's a it's a game that is built on around underwater study. It's sponsored by the BBC, and um, essentially what you are doing is is an underwater adventure game where you are a scuba diver, kind of exploring these absolutely stunning visual environment, you know, underwater, just visually stunning, just absolutely crazy underwater environments, and you're completing quests that are pretty difficult, you know, so a lot of them are kind of, you know, swim alongside a whale and scan different points on the whale, um, or, you know, go to a specific location and locate sounds, um, which is kind of like a hot and cold type thing. I mean, this is not super hard, but it is harder than it should be, you know, than it could be. Like they could have just phoned it in. Um, and what's cool is as you complete missions, you actually get to look at the uh, some of the behind-the-scenes footage from Blue Planet 2. Um, so, yeah, it's sponsored by the BBC. I played this game for two minutes and was sold. I mean, I looked at the PR guy and I was like, listen, this looks great. I'm all in. <laughs> um, so that And that's coming later on this summer to everything all the major consoles and PC. Um, I think it looks cool. Um, can't wait to play it a little bit more. So, um, some other games that I played, let's take, I gotta kinda float back. I did get a chance to play Rad, which is a, uh, which is an upcoming, um, kind of procedurally generated, you know, top-down action game that is um, where, where what you'll do is you run around like this post-apocalyptic world and you beat up enemies and eventually you get um, mutations that are essentially superpowers that you can use. 
they are random. Um, and so you get these superpowers and they augment the way that you fight. So for example, first time I played, I got like this thorns thing where if I was fighting, I could hit it and these thorns popped out of me and anything that was nearby took damage while they attacked me. It's funny, it's interesting, you're finding like records and cassette tapes all over the place. Very fun. Decided, you know, like deceptively pretty. I thought it was kind of neat looking um, just because of the bright colors and, you know, I mean, it's a desolate wasteland, but the enemy designs were pretty neat. This is a game that's coming out later on this year. I cannot wait. I'm going to play it on the Switch. So that should be um, a ton of fun. Um, let's see here. Some other games that I had an opportunity to look at. Um, let's see here. Man, I played so much. It's all... Well, well I mean, I, how can I forget this one? Um, Star Renegade. Yo. Alright, Star Renegade is a... Another clump of bu buzzwords. <coughs> Excuse me. It's another, like, giant stack of buzzwords. But forgive me on this. Check it out. It is a procedurally generated JRPG with, um, so it's got turn-based combat, the levels are procedurally generated, um, and it has like an awesome pixel art sci-fi aesthetic. It is so cool. Uh, it's about halfway through the development, so they're hoping to come out next year. Um, I really dug the character designs. You can have up to six characters in your party. Um, there's just a bunch of really cool stuff. Um, and yeah, I really was a fan. Um, you know, just from the I, a funny story about it. I was walking down an aisle and then I saw their trailer and I just stopped paying attention to where I was and walked right into a pillar. Just boom. <laughs> like a moron. Um, but it was so cool looking. And then I sat and talked with the developers. They're nice, they're a nice team. Um, and they're doing a lot and they're doing great stuff. Um, and so that is Star Renegade. Um, also, I would be remiss uh, if I didn't mention Swim Sanity, which uh, was announced at a Nindies event a little um, last week. And I didn't, you know, it, it, I kind of dismissed it then, right? But I think that was a mistake because I played it and Swim Sanity is fun. It's got a, a multiplayer mode where you're, you know, fighting everybody, but also there is a cooperative mode where you have to kind of work together. Um, it's bright colors. It's fun. Um, it's fast paced. It's kind of crazy. Um, and the idea is you are playing these like underwater heroes and you are, everybody has an ultimate and everybody has, it's like a twin stick shooter. So you're moving with one stick and aiming and firing with the other. And uh, everybody has like an ultimate. So you're slowly building up to that ultimate by dealing damage to other enemies. The ultimates all do crazy stuff. Like one of them turns you into a piranha. Then you can swim in it like one hit kills different enemies. 
another one drops bullets from the sky, you know, from the top of the screen, um, and things like that. Uh, this game is absolutely bananas. Um, I really enjoyed it. I cannot wait to play this with multiple players. It's a four-player game. I think this is going to be a good one. Um, so that's what I can remember right now. You'll have to forgive me. It is now 8.30 in the morning. Um, I am uh, I'm a little burnt. But I have all my paperwork in my bags. I just obviously do not want to grab them while I am driving. So I do hope everyone has a great day. Um, we're going to cover more of these games at uh, on, a, on our primary podcast when Amanda and I come back to record uh, one more podcast where we uh, kind of go over all the fun stuff that we did. So I hope you guys have a great day. Um, and we will talk to you soon. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye now.